Greetings, and welcome to a special edition of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this special edition, we talk about the Electronic Arts Press Conference from E3. Brought to you by the Frostbite Engine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Cart Podcast. Today's episode, E3, EA Edition. Yeah. Yay. I'm, I'm Paul of What's Well Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? It is that time of year. It really is. I uh, So, folks, these are going to be, this is the first in a, how many big companies are there like seven there or are, so? there are six e3 six? press conferences yeah. okay so this is gonna be the first of six mini podcasts we're not gonna do too much it's gonna be probably i don't know 20 30 minutes long but hopefully <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be honest this is ea's i'm gonna gush a little bit i was really impressed aside from like one thing i was pretty impressed with all of ea yeah so basically the way it's gonna work is so Today, there was a press conference by EA this morning, uh, and at the time of recording in 10 minutes, there's one from Bethesda, which we will watch and then record something, a quick thing tomorrow on Bethesda's press conference. And then tomorrow, like, actually, here, let me... I think think it's Microsoft and one other just tomorrow. But yeah, this is, as of right now, it's uh, it's 9.52. In about eight minutes is when Bethesda's starting, and unfortunately, uh, while recording, we can't exactly watch it, uh, much as I'd like to do a live recording of it but uh Here, here's the schedule of there, there's a whole bunch of smaller press conferences and smaller demos and blah 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 oh that is really funny that sucks anyway um, but we're gonna do the big ones the yeah, six so, big. so the six big ones are ea and bethesda are doing theirs today before e3 starts because e3 mm-hmm. technically starts tomorrow yeah uh and then tomorrow's e3 press conference gets kicked off with uh microsoft and their big xbox thing and then midday is ubisoft's and then tomorrow evening is sony and then tuesday morning is nintendo so we'll be we'll be recording mini episodes all week basically (laughs) yeah it's it's probably going to be microsoft uh bethesda and ubisoft tomorrow then sony and nintendo uh, on tuesday yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. We'll, okay. we'll do them as we can squeeze them in. So, without further ado, let's kick it off. Uh, they started off with uh, Titanfall. Um, Titanfall uh, 2. Yeah. It's um, a sequel. <laughs> yep, it is. It is. Uh, though it's the first with an actual single-player campaign. And I'm yes. actually pretty excited about it. Titanfall had some... Yeah. It had some really cool backgrounds. Did you play it at all? When you, I did not play Titanfall because I am not a fan of Call of Duty. And as some people hopefully no respawn entertainment was formed by the two guys who infinity started ward. infinity ward and left infinity ward to start respawn and made titanfall so it always struck me as a like yeah this is call of duty with robots but it's, it's really not I, I know that's that's at first blush that's what it looks like but there's and it plays a lot like a Call of Duty game, especially yeah. played a lot like a Modern Warfare Three. Mm-hmm. But and I and I get that. But at the same time, it was so much more, so much more fun. Yeah. But 
the promising thing for me for Titanfall 2 was, yeah, that the guy was like, yeah, they almost kind of acknowledged, hey, we screwed up by not including a single player campaign in the first game. So we've listened to our fans and we are putting a single player campaign in this this game. And the trailer for the single player campaign looks pretty badass. Like looking really at that did. trailer that they showed, I would play that single player game. I probably wouldn't fuck around with the deathmatch shit too much, but I would play that game for its single player campaign. It it looks good. Now, I was of the advocacy as well of, hey, single player, what the hell, man? But when I got down and started playing with my buddies, I I thoroughly enjoyed the game itself for what it was. I mean, it was, I, I mean, I, I didn't pay a cent for it. They gave it to me for free, but yeah. it's still a really fun game. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And honestly, even if it had just a more in-depth multiplayer story, I'd still play the hell out of it. So seeing a single player campaign, two thumbs up. Let's do it. I'm yeah. fully and, on board with this. And like I said, the trailer, which I will probably try to find a link to and include in the show notes, uh, looks pretty freaking it, sweet. It like, looks amazing. The, it really story does. Looks, the story looks really good. And like, I don't I know, love the, actually seeing the lore, like, yeah, the robots, yeah. like it's laws, like it's three directives or whatever the hell they call them. I absolutely love the interaction between the, the person questioning the the Titan and the Titan responding with, we had very little choice in the matter of yeah. bonding with a new pilot. It was really cool. I, if we don't get a chance to put it in the show notes, look it up. It's awesome trailer. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of importantly for the game, they actually gave a release date. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And the funny part is, is it is strategically just before the normal annual release date of call of duty it's, which it's october 28th and call of duty is hmm. normally the one of the first two weeks of november no kidding now i don't know how to feel about that but anyway well, uh, no, i just i think it's it's amusing just because knowing that these guys yeah, they started Nvidia Award, which started the Call of Duty craze. So, and then... so like literally, I I feel like it's them taking a shot at Call of Duty and be like, "Hey, look, you can you can wait a couple weeks and buy Call of Duty, or you can spend your money on Titanfall and uh and play this game by the original guys, and it, it'll be better. Like, come play our game. <laughs> it's honestly so far it has been better, but. I think it's enough for Titanfall. Let me move I, on. To... Actually, one more quick thing from Titanfall that I just while I was looking Fine. up the E3 stuff. No. There's a collector's edition of Titanfall that they announced apparently after that. And it's a $250 collector's edition. No, I'm good. <laughs> but it comes with a helmet, apparently. Yeah, oh, a shit. non-wearable helmet, I'll bet. Anyway. No, it's I, pretty I, uh, I don't care. I, I bet my buddy Joe would throw that on just for giggles. Uh, he he bought the uh, collector's edition of the original Titanfall, which had a, a Titan with the one of the pilots hanging on the back of it, which you could do in, in the game, which was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so so this is what the $250 collector's edition comes with. Uh, it is a full-scale replica of the pilot's helmet from the game that lights up. It doesn't mention whether or not it's wearable. I imagine uh, not. An 8-gig custom flash drive made to look like a dog tag, hmm. a field journal and pen, patches, and a scarf. Huh. Well, no. <laughs> and, a, and a tactical spotlight and laser targeting system for the helmet. Oh, if you're going to throw in the tactical spotlight, I have to get it now. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's just not do any of that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say I, anything about wearable for the helmet. Yeah, There's... Yeah. What are you going to do? What? what I did find interesting was the competitive gaming 
uh, stuff that they did for EA, they're yeah. really, really buying into competitive gaming on the whole. They've got the they've got three tiers that they're revealing: the challenger tier, which is basically people being able to run their own tournaments. It helps them with brackets, stuff like that. Yeah. They've got the premier tier, which I'm I'm I didn't. Neither of us had a chance to really hear what they said about the premier tier, and we're I don't just think hypothesizing they said at all. They just said, yeah. Like they they announced that there were three tiers that they were doing to help promote competitive gaming. Yeah, um, they they talked about the challenger tier kind of in passing. Like they basically said that it's just going to be like a tool suite to yep. help people run tournaments and do stuff like that. I'm guessing the premier, like that yeah. mid tier one, is probably. I'm going to guess it's probably going to be more for in game comp like in person competitions where like so challenger right. tier is probably going to be like here you sign up on our website and you know people sign sign up for this challenge and then it it provides all the matchmaking stuff behind the scenes so people can play from the comfort of their own homes in these online tournaments. And then I'm going to guess the premier stuff is going to be like I'm going to run a local, you know, like at the Atlanta not call of duty because that's not them the atlanta battlefield challenge or something like that and you know 100 players are going to show up to compete in this you know one-on-one deathmatch thing in battlefield or something and uh and that's going to be the tools that, to run a tournament like that and then yeah, I, was, I was just hypothesizing with what i put down which was like mid-tier challenges like possibly yeah. smaller corporate sponsorships yeah. that they could license it through ea maybe i don't know yeah and then uh they talked about ea major which is like their big thing that they talked about with ea major uh was they the next game on the list which is madden like they madden seems to be their flagship for this and uh they talked about the madden 2016 tournament that's about to end uh and they have like their eight finalists and like the winner gets fifty thousand dollars and then next year the madden 17 championship series is uh has a million dollars worth of prizes up for grabs for all of its yeah. competitors and like and yeah, there's it, gonna seems, be... it seems like madden is what they're really focusing on to to showcase the ea major thing i, I think that they they kind of lumped this in with madden just to because they didn't really have much else for madden right now there wasn't anything talking about with regards to any of the enhancements with madden stuff like that however because once Madden. Uh, 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 the one thing that they said which really grabbed me was the new commentary team phil sims is gone i always said every time phil sims made any stupid comment it was just shut the fuck up phil sims yep. all the time every time i fucking hate you phil sims you're, you're probably a decent guy in real life but you're a fucking idiot with commentary shut the fuck up phil sims nice but yeah but it's it's a madden game so they're always always rinse and repeat games like they you know tweak the database capture a couple new player animations re take pictures of players to scan them into the game and here here's madden 20 what's the next year let's stamp that on the title i disagree with that because there have been a lot of enhancements going through i i get what you're saying and i get yeah it's the same football game over and over but there is stuff that they do differently the problem is is that because they have a really shitty exclusive license with the nfl and the nfl players association and basically they have no competition so like they don't improve the game as much as they probably could every year because there's no incentive to there's also a trouble with that and that the fact that there's a very short release cycle and they can't improve it because they have to continue to release a new game every year or else they will lose that license 
Yeah, but the thing is, is they've they've got multiple teams working on improving the engine over the course of several years. So true, true. But at the same time, if they don't release a new game every year, they're going to lose the license. NFL's kind of got them by the balls with that one. They could still they could do more, and the exclusive I'm, I'm license is fucking stupid anyway. I can't argue with that. The exclusivity has always pissed me off. You know that. All right. Yeah. So less things pisses off, more things that are, oh, hey, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I, yes. you, you know, I've, I've been kind of meh on the entire series. I played Mass Effect 1. I enjoyed it. I played Mass Effect 2. is better. I didn't even bother with Mass Effect 3 because those two, if they didn't grab me, 3 wasn't going to do anything further either. The trailer beautiful gorgeous yeah. i mean you expected nothing else from a mass effect game but uh what i really liked is the 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 query posed by the uh the presenter was just how far will we go and the entire theory behind the game was to find humanity new home in the andromeda galaxy new stories and gameplay of course like everything else it runs on the frostbite engine and at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the trailer was ashley so i, I guess she canonically survived i don't think that was Ashley. My impression that I got, like you wrote Ashley, and I just, I like just reading that note, and I'm like, mm, I don't, I didn't, I guess I could see where it looked like her, but it I sure think that's her to me. I, I think it is, for lack of a better term, since we don't know what the protagonist is called, I think it's Fem Shep. It might be the new Shepherd, yeah. yeah. It is the either way version of Shepherd, basically. It looked yeah. a hell of a lot like uh, Ashley to yeah. me, just by the the body type and the hairstyle. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the unfortunate thing is that we still got no release date. We still got basically yeah. no new information. Just a guy walked out on the stage and was like, "Yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda." Here's some pretty. Ha- have a trailer and like walk back off the stage. It's like yeah, oh, that was it. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was it was a gorgeous trailer. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it was still I, just it was there. It makes me curious to play the game in a way that I hadn't before because I was just sure. kind of like meh. Yeah, I liked Mass Effect, but I'm not totally yeah. sold on this. But it's I'm I'm curious. So, you know, it was the same thing for the with The Witcher for me. I, I was very much like, um, this is a game. It's a pretty good game, but it didn't grab and hold. You know what I mean? Like some games will grab your attention and just force you to continue to play, but yeah. these games just it never did that for me. So yeah. I, I, well, I'm a huge fan of science fiction games and there are far too few of them so any any major budget sci-fi game is is pretty awesome uh so i'm excited for it uh sure sure but but then so after this they did something really weird so they they talked about a new thing that they're doing called play to give and my first thing that i thought when i saw slash heard that was like is this like some really weird EA version of like the humble bundle? Like I, and then they started explaining it and it's even weirder. So they're adding a series of in-game challenges to some of their games, like battlefield four. They mentioned specifically FIFA, FIFA, they mentioned specifically. And I think Madden. Yeah. Yeah. And and hardline battlefield hardline as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have these challenges, and you can complete them, and it gives you special rewards. Is my understanding like because I talked about in FIFA, like you unlock a like special card that's like super limited edition and can only be gotten through this challenge. Yeah. From from what I understood at the end of it, it was a non tradable ultimate team pack where if you complete the challenge, you get this pack of cards that are just super badass, but not tradable at all. Yeah. Um, this, I, I don't know if there was any weapons or anything or any achievements from 
Battlefield one, the, the Battlefield games, but it, from what I understand, it's just a celebration of yeah. uh, just charitable donations, which yeah. I actually really liked the fact that they they're going to give a million bucks at the end of it to five charities: Code.org, Code Twenty Forty, He for She, National Center for Women and Information Technology, and Special Effect, the Gamers Charity. Those yeah. five charities are going to receive. I don't know if it's a million dollars each or a denomination of the million dollars. It's, it's probably they're going to get a, a split between them. But yeah, it, but it just seems really weird to me. It's like okay, so the completion of these challenges does not seem to affect the amount of money they're giving at all. So it's just kind of weird in-game perks for each little player. I'm guessing it's just a celebration of the fact that hey, we're going to do things for charity. I'm I'm okay with this. They're giving the charity. I, I don't see a downside. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. Just it's strange. I agree. For something, it was just like this sounds really weird because it's like no, zero people could complete these challenges, and they're still going to give a million dollars to charity. But alternatively, if you know three hundred million people complete these challenges, they're still giving a million dollars to charity. Like, sure, the, the challenges have no effect on the giving. Like the playing doesn't affect the giving, but it's called play to give. Like, so I don't. I don't know. And he might have explained it poorly. I think it could be something completely different, but <laughs> which I mean, the, the let's be honest, except for like the the original presenter, most of the orators were pretty bad. Yeah. So yeah, that the play to give thing just seemed really weird. There was something hinky about it, and I don't know what it was, but it just struck me as odd. Yeah. And then so from from play to give, they went on to talking about the new FIFA game that yes. is on the horizon and I'm so hyped. Paul is hyped. And but and I thought it was like the cool, Yeah, the thing the cool thing that they showed off is that they're doing a career mode that follows a story. Like it yes. has a, a set story and it's not like you're making a random person. They told you the dude's name, Alex Hunter, and you met, I'm assuming the actor yep. who, who portrayed him uh and and it's it's called the journey but it is so it's not like a a normal career mode where you create a character and go through it like you join this dude alex hunter and you play as him from day one and you know you you fight to do some crazy stuff i'm I'm assuming that again there's there's very little information that they gave with the 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 trailer all they did was really they they had the guy portraying Alex Hunter step out on stage gave a very impassioned speech I thought it was really good by the way yeah and then he steps off the the, the stage and all of a sudden we're thrown into the trailer of Alex Hunter and his journey to uh, the top of uh, the Premier League because from what I saw it was just the English Premier League um, yeah well and he mentioned uh so he, he I think from the look of the jersey and I'm probably gonna hate myself if I'm wrong on this I'm pretty sure that was a Manchester United jersey uh just based on the the numbers numbering on the back and the little symbol down at the bottom uh if it wasn't manchester united it's liverpool because they're the only people who have those jerseys but i'm pretty sure it was man U. uh and then what he actually mentions when the, the actor on stage is that it follows his progress through until he's he wants to be standing on the pitch wearing the jersey with the three lions on it which i'm pretty sure is england it's, like, it's so. the england world cup yeah, so uh, he's so he's going from just being a brand new rookie in the Premier League through representing his national team for uh, you know World Cup dominance, and it's it, that's a cool story in and of itself. If you yeah, know. I mean it's it's not unprecedented for a company to start a a sports title with a journey. Uh, for example, um, 
2K has been doing this for the NBA titles for the last three yeah. years or so, it, which I really enjoyed. The NBA 2K titles have been great. Yeah. I really enjoyed playing through the, the story. You got to meet all the players, which are very poorly voice acted by the players themselves because they're they're players, not voice actors. Yeah. And but, and one of those was actually directed by Spike Lee a couple of years yeah. ago, which was kind of funny. Like they made a big deal about that, that it was a Spike yep. Lee joint. And, and like, that's always just kind of funny. He's a weird guy. Yep. What I did like is that they're overhauling the game itself. They're putting it, they're giving you new set pieces, ways to new attacking techniques, better physical play. They they even overhauled the uh the ability the the ability to uh change formations too and and then the active intelligence system which gives your AI a, a fully different revamp. In fact, this was general this was completely my absolute favorite portion of it because I saw that Alex Hunter thing at Oh, so hype! And the overhaul of the of the engine was just great. And of course, it's using the Frostbite engine too. Yes, yes. Um, but the the part that struck me as really funny at the end was when they're like bragging that like, oh, now FIFA is gonna have real managers on the sideline. It's like, what the? F- you didn't have head coaches in the fucking game before this? Like, no, they really didn't. And that that makes me like that just blows my mind because you know they're all over the fucking place in Madden. Yep. And they, they really have been, are. and they have been for years. But like thinking about it, it's like no. I guess you never show the coaches in FIFA. Yeah, they don't. Like, they don't show the managers at all. Uh, what What really struck me is that they had. Oh God, what was his name? Um, oh, oh dear. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name who came out on stage. Paul took a ridiculous number of notes while watching this. Oh, it's fun. I I can't remember his name. Fuck it. I don't even care. Uh, the The point is that they they had one of the managers pop out on stage, and he got really salty with the presenter. <laughs> it was yeah. that, was, that was, was funny. Yeah, because he wasn't included in the three major legendary coaches that are now available to you know look at in the game, which is kind of funny. Jose Marino, yeah. that was yeah. his name. Uh, but the the point was he got salty because you, all you have thirteen managers and you only pick three. I, I can't mimic his accent, but yeah. that was close enough for me. And just because it was just a stupid portion of the show, yeah. But uh, but this this started me making the comment after they talked about FIFA that was like, holy shit, does EA love the Frostbite engine? And you know, no offense, you know, Dice made a really good engine with that. But it's just so funny, just like every game was showing off, like. They bragged, oh, yeah, now that we're, like, EA, or the Mass Effect game, they were like, oh, and now that we're using the Frostbite engine, like, everything looks super fucking awesome, and we could do all of this cool shit. And it's just like, yeah, pimp pimp the Frostbite engine a little harder. (laughs) We we really like the Frostbite engine, too. We want want to hear it mentioned about 10 more times. Yeah. And the other thing that that I noticed around this point uh, is that every in-game trailer that they showed didn't say like they had like a little disclaimer down at the bottom you know where they'll say like normally it'll say like in-game footage Mm -hmm. but almost all of them i think except for battlefield said game engine footage yeah and i don't know why that semantic difference like i don't know if it was just a like this is a video rendered in the game engine as opposed to actual footage of gameplay that's what like, i'm thinking but yeah but it's just it seemed funny to me that they like that is a lawyer at work like that oh, is absolutely. not <laughs> that, that because i don't that, that been... just seems so odd oddly worded that it was really funny 
people have been sued before over uh, footage from that. I think the the developers of oh, what was that alien game, um, Colonial Marines. I think they were sued over the fact that they sh- they showed a quote unquote in game footage and it was not in game footage. The, uh, the, that, the final product was garbage. Yeah, that that could be a byproduct of that. That that's makes what I'm a thinking. Lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so after after me making fun of the fact that they kept saying game engine footage and not in-game footage. Uh, EA came out and started talking about something that's kind of interesting, but again, they were super vague about everything, so it was, it was kind of obnoxious. Uh, but they started talking about this thing called EA Originals, uh, and it's a new project they've started and like really silently behind the scenes. Uh, but they... So basically, this is EA's version of Steam Greenlight, almost. Um, like the idea is that they find indie games that they find interesting and that they want to help, and then they partner up with the development team and they walk them through basically releasing and publishing the game. But what's interesting about it is that allegedly, all of the profits go back to the indie studio so they can work on their next game and not just you know flounder they're not taking they're not taking a cut of it for helping them or or anything like that so i don't i don't know like it's it sounds promising and and they showed off yeah they they showed off a game that is going to be the first one basically officially labeled under this and again it looked really good it was called Fee? fee yeah it was either fair fee i couldn't tell because the guy was from sweden and had a a bit of an accent that i couldn't quite place oh, then, then i'm pretty sure it was fey then yeah i think it's fey either but way yeah, it's it's yeah. fe that so draw from that what you will yeah and it was it yeah, uh, I, obviously it is an indie game it is exploration based uh you're exploring this forest as this fox thingy you play as a cub. Apparently, it's got no memories, no recollection as to how it got into the forest. But you're trying to learn about the music of the forest, as in there's there's always something that has some sort of music. There's always some song coming from animals or trees, and and for some reason, the silent ones, whose only goal seems to be to silence the music of the forest. But yeah. it, it looked like a a lot like uh, the 3D Legend of Zelda games, or is that was that just me? It kind of felt that way, just from the camera view. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit, but like. The cool thing that they did was that, like, it it has a really good aesthetic look, but there there's no dialogue or narration in the game, so it's all a a almost lost phenomenon now that is uh, storytelling through gameplay as opposed to just you know having exposition in the game to give you background. Like, yeah. you literally are going to learn the story by playing the game, which is kind of interesting. So I honestly can't think of one that's done that recently. Oh, there's a few that we'll probably talk about when we dig into some more indie games soon. All right. So, yeah. So then next, after after showing off this indie game, uh, it was the the obligatory ten minute Star Wars block of conversation, uh, and this was like the king of vague vagueness shit. The king uh, of nebulous natures. Yeah. So one thing that we learned was that there will be a new star Wars battlefront game next year. Yep. And that again, they listen to their fans. And allegedly. we're going to offer up a single player portion of it. 
no, it's not. I don't think they. I don't think they announced a single player portion of it. They all they said was that it was going to have content from the new movies, hmm. which they right. which they avoided for Star Wars Battlefront that just got released, which they shouldn't like, have. Yeah, so now they're going to have new content in in Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront Two. I don't know what what you call it at that point. Yeah, they, they didn't give any sort of title with it. Yeah. The, the the speaker for this one was just. I'm I'm sorry, but this she was just terrible. Yeah, they were, she it did was, a terrible job. It was just super vague, and then and basically they they pop up this image on the screen that has like eight different studios that are working on Star Wars games right now. Yep, and they talked about four. Yeah, those they the, talked the, about four games, and one of those games is uh, Galaxy of Heroes, which is a mobile tactical combat game like almost like an rpg like a jrpg combat game it's it's really weird um one of them was star wars uh the old republic old republic which is their mmo mm-hmm. uh and then the next one was was that one battlefield no it was, battlefront? it was battlefront the, the, yeah. they, they had the, the the splash image of the three games which was battlefront uh the the mobile game that you mentioned and the old republic and then they talked about how the new battlefront they didn't say any sort of subtitle with it they just said a new battlefront coming in 2017 and 2018 that visceral was going to have a a a new action adventure game and then uh coming soon from respawn was another action adventure title in the star wars universe yeah so then they showed this montage video of all manner of Star Wars-y things and kind of showing the behind-the-scenes stuff from making of some of these Star Wars-y games. The most interesting thing from it is there was actual demo footage. Yeah, they of, said in-game footage of it. Of the Visceral game that actually looked really good. And oh, it, it looks like gorgeous. it's gorgeous. It looks like it's going to be a third-person action-adventure game, which could be really freaking awesome because, you know, what else was a third-person action-adventure game? That was Jedi Academy. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to be a third-person game. All they did was just pan slowly over what I assume is the protagonist and then show the outside. No, it was the camera. It was over his shoulder, and he 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 peeked out the door and then started walking out the door, and then the camera was panning around a little bit, Mm. but. I, I I couldn't tell if it was going to be a third person because the camera kind of zoomed in over his shoulder and then flew out on its own as he was walking yeah. out. So that that could be anything really. And then the a game from Respawn is in the works, and I hope kind of that it's not anything like Titanfall because we know they can do first person shooters, but I don't I don't know if we need a first person shooter. I wouldn't mind it because Dark Forces was a really good first person yeah. shooter. Not to say that that it it can be done really well, but we there's a lot of first person shooters lately, and we don't yeah. need another one. Yeah. I, I mean, it just it's not necessary because Battlefront is already a first person shooter. Yeah, it's a very specific team based first person shooter, but yeah, it, yeah, that's why I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do, but apparently that's not coming before 2018. So you know we probably got a little ways to wait. Yeah, they didn't say anything about a release date. They just were very, very vague and say, a new game that Respawn's working on too. Yay! Yes. So then to end their vagueness, they ended their press conference talking about Battlefield 1, which is not the first Battlefield game. Uh, no. It is it is called Battlefield 1 because it is set in World War One, which is kind of interesting. Uh, 
it's, it's a total turn from what everyone else is doing. But the good part is, the reason I think this is good is that World War One is basically untapped territory for any kind of game right now because there's a reason for that though. No, World War One is fucking awesome like <laughs> like mm. a lot of people set the world war ii because I'd, I'd step back from the words fucking awesome well but not it, like the setting the like the technology it. that was there is is fucking awesome in my opinion but i don't know i'm not a huge on trench warfare idea but well not all of it was trench warfare mm. and there was the, there was trench warfare or world war ii also so I'm not super hype on it, as you can tell. I just I, I don't think it's gonna be trench warfare because you know they have fucking horses as a vehicle in the game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, one thing that they do that they are uh that they did interest me with is uh the ability for behemoths. Yeah, the, the uh, large, super... extremely large vehicles like the airships, uh, battleships, and I don't remember what the last one was. I didn't hear it in time, but it, so I couldn't pick it out. I couldn't write it down fast enough. But I'm really interested in that, mostly for the airship mm-hmm. combat. I'm gonna go fly a zeppelin at you. You're yeah. going to die by zeppelin. It's yeah. gonna be the fucking Hindenburg all over again. Okay. Yeah. One of the uh, the real appeal of World War One for a lot of people is that uh, that was the the I guess golden age of dogfights. Like that is that is the Red Baron era. That is the you know biplane crazy dogfighting mm-hmm. battles and like and they they have they've shown all kinds of that crap at the uh, in the trailer. Yep, um, yep. The other thing that they did was they touted this thing where they were basically as soon as the EA press conference was over, they were going to do an hour long live stream of a sixty four player match. Uh, so you could actually see the game being played and you know i didn't hang out to check it out but i don't know there it you know there that's one of their big bragging rights for the game is that it's going to be 64 player matches which is actually a big deal on consoles um but, it really is i mean they had i think it was 32 with the most recent battlefield games and oh, okay. uh, what what i found interesting was they brought in uh jamie fox and zach efron for the commentary on that and they were very uh Oh, they were going to be playing. Like they were they going to were be playing on the two super teams. unenthused about it. It seemed like though. Did you notice that? They're just like, yeah. yeah, I'm here. Yay. Like Zach yeah. Efron was just like, yay, I guess. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but they showed lots of destructible environment stuff and they had a little tagline that was uh like no battle is ever the same. So yep. apparently it's gonna be like lots of variability, which is good because they've had problems with that some in the past. Uh oh yeah. Especially uh, in 2142, like their crazy sci-fi game that people figured out how to glitch turrets and sentry guns and shoot people like all the way across the map and ridiculousness. Uh, But And then what struck me as really interesting about it is they announced the release date of October 21st. Yeah, which is what, one week before? Yeah, so Battlefield 1 comes out on October 21st, and then Titanfall 2 comes out on October 28th. So, like, literally a week before Titanfall. And, like, that seems really, really weird to me because those release times seem like they're in direct competition with one another. And then, I mean, your hope is that someone will buy both. But in reality, someone's going to buy one and then wait and buy the other one when they get sick of the first one. Sure. What I find interesting is the fact that they're putting them out in October. I mean, it's 
close yeah. to holiday season, but not quite there yet. Yeah, it's it's a a weird thing. Um, I don't know. Like I think that is to jump on uh, Call of Duty. I really uh, okay. do. It, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, especially since what uh, this is Battlefield One. Yeah. I mean, is so, releasing the week of Call of Duty. Yeah. So the Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, the next Call of Duty game, comes out on November fourth. So they're literally releasing a week and two weeks before Call of Duty. Hmm. And I don't know how much of you know the business that they will you know steal. Take away. Yeah. But, I'm not sure. I mean, because both of them have their diehard fan bases, so you're going to get money either way from their diehard fans. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just a matter of trying to attract, which I think is what they're doing with Battle, Battlefield 1 releasing two weeks before, is trying to attract the audience that isn't a diehard fan of Call of Duty and yanking them over, hey, we've got a cool World War One game. We're going in the complete opposite direction of the new giant space shooty things that they've got for yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out and who who wins, and whether it was a smart strategic move to to steal away that customer base or whether it was uh, not. Well, providing Battlefield One isn't a pile of shit, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they did pretty well with it, especially since they're well, going the and Titanfall Two. Like you've got both of those titles yeah. com- competing with each other and with Call of Duty. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. It's always been Battlefield versus Call of Duty, though. Titanfall is kind of the uh-huh. new new kid in the block, so to speak. Yeah, but we'll see. But Titanfall is, I think, directly marketed at sniping Call of Duty fans just because, just because of the nature of the company being like, "Hey, we're the, we're the guys that innovated Call of Duty. Like, yep. it's us. Yep. Come come play our game and see what what we would make Call of Duty if you know if we were taking charge of it again." Yeah, they're they're clearly like just like bring it on. Mm-hmm. So, uh it's cool. I think we've uh, yeah. tapped out on EA's thing, so yep. we will be back in the very near future and talk about Bethesda. Yeah, we will be back. Uh, it's, it's EA for you. Uh, we've got coming out. We're going to record tomorrow. Uh, Bethesda, Microsoft, and Ubisoft. So yeah. look for those uh, over the next week or so. Uh, we'll be have a bunch of them. So anything else you want to add? Nope. I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Hear some smooth jazz play out. While Dan pulls things up, I'm going to just sit here and babble on like a lunatic. Yes, keep babbling on like a lunatic.